Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 10, titled Drag My Wedding. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one reactionary co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say, you fucking bitch. To Taylor, the latte boy. But I'm feeling very attacked. Oh my gosh. That was, was that a good reaction? Was that reactionary? Oh yeah, that was very reactionary. Thank Hello. you. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sitting here on a rainy night with a dear friend talking oh. about men in dresses. <laughs> is, it, is it now? Is it is it cold over there in Florida right now? No, no. We are getting a cold front coming through. I think tomorrow evening, mm-hmm. and the low is going to be seventy three on mm-hmm. Wednesday. So this is really the first blast of fall that we're going to get here in Florida. In the morning, it's supposed to be like in the 50s, so, but that will quickly go away once the sun comes up. Because uh, we had a very, it was, it had been beautiful up until like Sunday. It was like in the 70s and 80s and clear skies, and then it started yesterday, but today and tomorrow, it's worth, it's 105. Uh, literally? Literally 105. Oh my god. But then it leaves Wednesday. It's it, it's actually like it's it's a it's a true heat wave. It comes in and then it goes out. And then back to like I think like Thursday or Friday is back to 70s and 80s. Anyway, traffic on the fives. Taylor, what what is what's <laughs> going on out there? Well, we're looking at 275 tonight. There's a backup from exit 43 to 65, which is the Bruce B Downs Highway, which I don't think that's a real thing, but but you know, it's, it's you're showing one of our continental differences here. You know, one of the big uh, California, Los Angeles um, uh, stereotypes, which is true, and I totally hold to it, is we put the in front of our freeways. So we take mm-hmm. the five, or you take the four hundred five. Um, get on the one hundred one. Whereas uh, down here, we just say the number. Yeah. Yeah. You say take one hundred one. Take. Well, you don't say take one hundred one. Take. What are the what are the highways out there? This, we, we really are doing traffic. We did weather, and we're doing traffic, and then sports. Uh, we did. We have seventy five and two seventy five. Seventy five is the main one that goes up the west coast of Florida and goes all the way to Ohio, and ninety five goes from South Florida on the east coast and goes all the way up to Maine. So it goes all the way up the east coast. Ninety five is what I take to go home when I go to Philadelphia. How long does that take you to get to Philadelphia? Um, it used to take me about 16 hours when I was 19, but now I've definitely slowed down to where it takes about 20 hours. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, when I think about how fast I used to drive when I was a kid up and down, up and down 95 and the fact that I was neither arrested nor killed in a, in a 1996 Honda Civic. So when you, when you drive, you obviously don't drive in one fell swoop, uh, Oh no, I used to. I and I actually we do. We drive uh, now that Babalu, I've got Babalu with me. We drive straight. We just drive straight through in shifts. Yeah, in shifts. We usually drive about two to three hours each. Do you guys sleep? Uh, he sleeps more than I do. I occasionally I will nod off for like twenty minutes at a time, but mm-hmm. I, I I am always in charge of music. That is always my thing. He doesn't care what we listen to, but that is driving music is very very important to me. So I have to have the right music. Now, I know you and your co-host, uh, Taffy Carlisle Huffington, recently went on a road trip. And, and did you manage the music for that one, too? No. <laughs> because she's a control freak when she drives and she's in charge of music. Though, actually, when she and I uh, 
are in the car together, just the two of us, it's rare we have music on. Unless it's we have a song that we think, oh, do you want to hear the song for a minute? But that usually turns into, I want to play her a song, and then she has to play me 16 songs, and I don't want to hear them. So I just wait until a time when she's trapped in my car or something, and she can't, she can't figure out how to work a Bluetooth. So I do that. Usually, she always wants to drive, so we take her car places, which is fine with me because it keeps the mileage down on mine. And she wants to drive because she's a control freak. Yes. Yes. And she will admit that. I'm not I'm not I'm not throwing shade at anybody. That's she says she wants to and she wants to sit if she for some reason she's not driving, she has to sit in the driver's seat. And if you if she doesn't get to sit in the driver's seat, then she does things to annoy the person who sits in the driver's seat in the passenger seat. I mean, like gives wet willies and like like reaches around and like pokes at them and stuff like that. Until eventually they say, oh, my God, just take the front seat. Unless you're me, in mm-hmm. which case that's not I, – I will not allow her to win that war. So I just I just put up with wet willies and getting poked. And I, I, eventually I grab her finger and then that's kind what? of – because apparently we're like eight and nine on, on road trips. When you and Babalu are driving to Philadelphia or, – or I know Babalu's from Miami. How long is the trip from your place to Miami? Miami is about a three to four hour drive. And when you're on that trip, um, either way, three or four hours or to Philly, um, is there ever any roadhead? <laughs> no, there is not roadhead. There is not roadhead because there's a stick shift in the way. So and and we're both fat. And unfortunately, I think that both of us have enough of a FUPA area that getting or giving roadhead would be highly difficult to do. I remember when I was in high school and I had just gotten my license, some guy started giving me roadhead and I did not like it. And what I mean is like, it made it very difficult to concentrate and drive. Well, to be fair, you were taking your driving test and it was the instructor at the time. <laughs> uh, no, it was a person my age. And, um, come on, Taylor. <laughs> I dated 17-year-olds when I was 17, and I never stopped. Never stopped. Never and stopped. You just, and, you just put a pin in that and yeah. just kept going. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to quote. And look, I'm going to give myself credit for not going to Dazed and Confused and doing the McConaughey quote. So, so you've only received Roadhead one time? I tried to reciprocate one time with the same person later, and uh, I found it very difficult. I only remember i think giving roadhead one time to an ex-boyfriend back it i was like 21 22 mm-hmm. and i remember though he had a really small penis so mm-hmm. that might have added to the difficulty to it are you and a size I, queen no neither am no I. but he had he had a particularly i mean maybe three mm-hmm. three to four i'm gonna um, tell you something the love of my life had a small penis my, really mm-hmm. okay uh, my ex, Jerome Riley Calhoun, once gave me a hand job while I was driving, but I did not do the same to him because I was driving. I could have given him roadhead because he had an enormous penis. Oh, well, hold on. I have been with guys, and I find this very hot, who masturbate while I'm driving. Not me. They, they masturbate themselves. And I'm a big fan of that. See that would be distra- I would be oh so distracted worried yeah that's so that's distracting. too that's too distracting because a guy stroking your dick while you're driving is not distracting at all. <laughs> 
This week, the girls play with paint <laughs> and are tasked with changing some grooms to be into brides to be. It's the makeover challenge. Jocelyn gets stuck with a bridezilla and Adore struggles to do well in the challenge. In the end, Bianca is named the winner of the challenge while Adore and Jocelyn are placed in the bottom two. Adore is forced to lip sync for the second time in a row, but manages to send home her rival, Jocelyn Fox. Taylor, name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not. This was an episode I was just, we were just talking about this before. I had a hard time liking a lot about this episode. Um, I liked the main challenge. I, I always liked the makeover challenge. I think that you have the potential to make a lot of changes. However, this was an ugly group of brides, which we'll talk about later. Um, and I guess something else that I liked was if I could speak specifically to the challenge, I thought the I thought Bianca's dress that she made for her bride was probably the prettiest of all of them. Um, something I did not like at all was the mini challenge. Actually, I have two things that I didn't like. Can I say the two things? Is that okay? Yeah. Yes, go ahead. All right. I don't I didn't like the mini challenge. The mini challenge to me kind of felt like we're going to try to embarrass them by doing all this weird twerking and rolling around. And I, just something, just some of the shots and the fact that RuPaul was kind of standing over them on the weird crane thing. Just, it was just, it was, it just felt gross to me. Um, I also, for some reason, cannot stand David Burkta. Mm-hmm. There's something about him that he just seems like such a, a latch on to me that he's, there's something smarmy about him and he's cute too. But there, I, I just, I just, I see him, and I'm always just kind of like, oh, you just want to be Mrs. Neil Patrick Harris. Should we talk about that right now? Because I don't have them in the script. Because I have thoughts on David Burke too. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, without sounding, because this is not a name drop, because I don't know Neil Patrick Harris, nor do I know David Burke. But I have met Neil Patrick Harris several times because I'm a member of a private club in Los Angeles called the Magic Castle. And okay. it's, a, it's a private club for magicians, and Neil Patrick Harris was the president for a couple of terms. Okay? Right. And so, especially, I used to like to go on slower nights, and that's when they have their meetings, their board meetings. And so, if you were there, you would see Neil Patrick Harris just hanging out. Okay? Is this something you're allowed to talk about? Yeah, why can't I talk about me? Oh, about I don't Harris? know if that was something where you, would, like, confidentially, you couldn't talk about things that happened at these meetings or anything. I I'm, not, I'm not at the meeting. You I'm just you saying. You go to these meetings. No, 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 no. There. I'm sorry. I'd go to the Magic Castle. And they have the means at the Magic Castle in the little room. And then when they're done, he just would hang out for a little bit at the bar. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, imagine like a country club for magicians. Imagine yeah. a country club for uh, uh, weird people and freaks and, and loners. I just realized something. Yes. Well, I get to go to the Magic Castle? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead with your story. Okay. So... Uh, and so I've had several conversations with Neil Patrick Harris. I actually find him to be in person the couple of times that I had a conversation with him. Very friendly, very nice. Uh, a lot nerdier than you would think. That doesn't surprise me. You know, I think he tries to come off as cool guy, especially with the whole Barney from uh, How I Met Your Mother. I think he tries to pretend he's that character. But I, I, I didn't get that sense in real life a couple of times. Granted, I've probably had a combined 10 minutes of conversation with him and Neil Patrick Harris in my entire life. Okay? Right. One time, though, they do have these uh, biannual swap meets where magicians sell stupid magic shit, right? Okay. And year, God, this must be like 15 years ago now, or, you know, around there. 
I went to one of those, and Neil Patrick Harris was there with David Burka. And uh, David Burka was just hanging out. I didn't know he was with Neil Patrick Harris, actually. I just saw him standing there, and he's very handsome. So, of course, I went and started talking to him. And I found him to be very Because he was very... handsome, but at this point, about 23. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, hello. Uh, oh, hi there. <laughs> right? Poof. <laughs> Abracadabra. Abraca grab you. Anyway. <laughs> Alakazam my yeah. ass. Yeah. Bibbly bobbity boo. Anyway, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. And um I had like literally the kind of conversation you have with like a, a shitty, like you're someone's just standing there conversation with David Burke, and he was pleasant enough. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I think they're nice people. That said, if I was David Burke. I would just be like, I'm married to this rich guy. And I'm just going to be a rich guy who's married to a rich guy. Or start some sort of charity. You know, do something else. I wouldn't try yeah. and do show business. And this David Burka, And what the funny thing is, is it's, it seems so desperate because... Yes! It's, it, if he doesn't succeed in one, he goes to a new thing. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So first he was an actor... And then the, the acting thing didn't work out. Then he was like some sort of like food and travel host kind of thing. He, was, he like uh, Neil Patrick Harris would you know bring him out to make food on talk shows and stuff like that. And like oh, that they were on Barefoot Contessa. Yeah, 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 yeah. They try to get I bring that. you got my good friends Neil Patrick Harris and David Burke. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah, why? No, they're why? not your friends. And your feet smell. And um, <laughs> stop telling that about her. I love her. <laughs> What do you, what do you, what pills did you just take? I just took uh, ecstasy. No, <laughs> just, <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome if I did a drag race yeah. episode with you on ecstasy? <laughs> You're just touching no, the microphone. I had to take my, my diabetes medicine, my Genta Duetta. That's my drag name. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, <laughs> Genta Duetta. That actually is you a great drag think. name. <laughs> think about what it Sorry. So anyway, so getting back to the, the the latch on, yeah. And so now I think when this episode came out, it was I remember I can't remember what it was. He had, David Burke. You could t- you could tell two things. David Burke was trying to promote himself for something. I almost think he was trying to audition for a judge position on this show. Yeah, and I then, could totally see that where yeah. they want him as the new Santino. Yeah, and. Like, this guy is a dead man walking. Why don't you come on for an episode? And then also you could tell that, like, <laughs> David Burka was like Lucy and Ricky. He was like, Wah, Neil, I want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. Come on with me. Well, can I be on the show, too? Yeah. And so, no, I feel that David Burka wanted to go, and they were like, mm, I'll bring Neil Patrick Harris with me. And they're like, okay. But then it yeah. feel like Neil Patrick Harris was like, I have to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, but but like I said, they're they're both very nice people, and I think David Burke just desperately wants to have his own thing. But I think there's nothing wrong. We have we have come far in the gay community to get to be where some of us get to be, ladies who lunch. And I think that he could he could be paving the way for other gaydies who lunch. I would love and- to be a gaydie who lunch. Now, Taylor. You wouldn't happen to know what it's like to you have your own podcast and everything like that. Like Babalu has no interest at all, right? Babalu's not trying to be a podcaster or anything. Not anymore. <laughs> I wish it for a little while. I, I wish I could have listened to uh, that. So Babalu, which was his podcast, is it still available on iTunes or did he take it down? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a couple of episodes 
I, I can send them to you privately. Was it good? Did you listen? Cut to where we edit you edit in the episode. Like the 10-minute episode right in the middle of Drag Race. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, David Burke, uh, it, he came, he, it seemed desperate. It was just, ugh, ugh. And he was boring. And that's the thing, too. This is the thing that David Burke doesn't get. He's an empty vessel. He's very attractive. He's very handsome. He has TV looks. Mm-hmm. He makes the right faces. But he's just fucking boring. I'll be honest with you. And I know this is not going to give me a lot of fun with the gays, right? I think Neil Patrick Harris is boring. Neil Patrick Harris uh, speaks to a certain type of gay, I think. So I don't... I don't the white, thin-lipped, boring gays? The, the ones that know a lot about theater. The ones that maybe are a little odd... But still, like, you know, that they can be a success and they can they can travel through and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't not like Neil Patrick Harris. I don't get super excited when I see anything with Neil Patrick Harris in it. I just it's just sort of a like, oh, that's nice. He's hosting the Tonys. And then for a while, it felt like any time there was an award show, they kind of shoved him in front of it. And then it was like, all right, I'm sick of looking at you. Well, it's one of these things, too, where his revival came out of a joke. You know, where he couldn't get arrested in this town. Mm-hmm. And then they'd made those Harold and Kumar movies where they were essentially making fun of him. Yeah. But they did it in such a way where it allowed him to be cool and rescue his career. And so, uh, and he and, and he was smart enough to have a sense of humor about himself, which was yeah. really smart. And then I think that, and then How I Met Your Mother was a hit. And But then, like, sometimes you have a hit TV show and then that's it. And also, you're not that character. You know, and I think that's where he's sort of trapped. And I, and, I th- and like I said, I think he wants that nerdy side to come out. But every time he lets his nerdy side come out, people reject it. Like what best night ever bombed. That was real Neil Patrick Harris. That's who. That's what he's interested in. That's what he finds interesting. But I think that you know, speaking of kind of bringing it a little bit back to Drag Race, but I mean, you know, we've looked at some of the people this season, and in all of the seasons, is the thing that keeps them there is that it factor that star quality and and you know neil patrick harris good bad or whatever has that sense of star quality whereas david burka who wants celebrity on his own so much he is i think you saying an empty vessel he just doesn't have there is no appeal to him do do you know what i mean no i get what you mean but that's where going back to david burka conversation and i guess what are you going to say but about this? But, like, I would love to just be like, you know what? I snagged me Neil Patrick Harris. And... I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done for and the I rest of my, I have yeah. my strangely Aryan boy and girl that we adopted. <laughs> no one can get white kids when they adopt. Meanwhile, they got two. Right. And we dress them up in hilarious Halloween costumes, and I would just hang out and chill and run the house. Yeah. And there's and there's nothing wrong with that. I've got a year to plan for the Us Weekly photo shoot for the for the for the Halloween and yeah. the Christmas, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna find a little, I'm gonna find a little charity that I'm gonna create, yeah. for like gay homeless kids in yeah. on the south side of Los Angeles, and I, th- that's that. I'm good. I'm occasionally gonna have fundraisers. They live in New York now, but yeah, but you know, uh, oh, whatever. Yeah, but, but they. Uh, that's what I would do, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right. Uh, after- How about you? I do not, Taylor, you know that I don't. I, there's, I did not like anything about this episode. 
I know. At all. That's why we just spent 20 yeah. minutes talking about David Berger. <laughs> we're going to maybe talk about one minute about this episode. And then, like, I was like, let's make these fast episodes. We're going <laughs> to... It's going to be the normal length episode. But this time, instead of talking about dragons, we're talking about Neil Patrick Harris and David Burka. So, anyway. Uh, after Trinity's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to de-drag. One thing leads to another, and next thing you know, Courtney is an awful person. She has oh, some oh, oh! Are these threats you're making, little Ava Perone, who looks like a sad bird? You fucking bitch. I think Courtney can sometimes come across as unlikable or grand. She probably shouldn't be a blonde every time she's out there. She probably shouldn't look so naked all the time. It does get a little monotonous. They want to see versatility. We all know she's pretty. Give us something else. Pull back to Australia! Later in the episode, Courtney and Adore get into it in the workroom. Oh, my God. Adore, your drag daughter's got your natural hog body. That's a compliment. Fuck you. Seeing Adore and her daughter's making me feel really confident. With that fucking honey mahogany dress? Better than a honey mahog body. Now, Taylor, I mean, this is one of the few storylines, kind of, that's in this show. Yeah. In this episode. What were your thoughts here on the little war between Adore and Courtney? Courtney, They're trying to paint Courtney as the villain. I think they're trying to paint Courtney as interesting. Yeah. And and this was really the best they could do with this. I, I, I th- This episode and the next episode are very weak storyline-wise. There isn't mm-hmm. a lot going on with either one. And I think they needed something, so she gave them a couple of little reads. The honey mahog body is kind of funny. But, um, Poor honey mahogany, by the way. What? Poor honey mahogany. I know, right? Getting dragged on Drag Race. <laughs> Go ahead. Dragged on Drag Race. Um, I, it's it's just kind of like a uh, all right. She she's watching this season again. Courtney is very pretty, mm-hmm. and that's really kind of about it. She seems like a lovely person, but there's not a lot. There's not really a lot to do with her, especially. Now that the storyline with Jocelyn seems to have petered out. Yes. And also, like, look, it is coming back to what we've always thought was the the, re, the fundamental difference here between RuPaul's Drag Race and real drag. And, and not to quote Jasmine Masters from Season 7, but, well, this is actually from her videos, but Jasmine Masters was in Season 7, and she has the famous quote, RuPaul's Drag Race done fucked up drag. Right. Right. Which I, I could see if you're a big fan of drag, how you feel that RuPaul's Drag Race has fucked up drag. Because now people have this false perception that, A, uh, you're only a good drag queen if you're bitten on RuPaul's Drag Race. And, two, that it defines drag. When I think it's two different elements. I think Courtney Act is a perfect example. I actually think Courtney Act might be a great drag queen. Uh, I think I, I get the sense she's a really good performer. Yeah, but I don't think I think you hear the same thing about Ginger Minj, but Ginger Minj is a little bit different in that Courtney's a very good performer, but isn't necessarily the most interesting television personality. I was going to say she doesn't make good television. No, because because she's adjusted, she's well adjusted emotionally. She's mature. She's adult. And in fact, one of the things I was going to say, and that this is what you're starting to see in these in this episode, and I don't want to talk too much about the next episode because we're going to be on it, but on the next episode as well. 
we're not gonna be on the episode we're gonna talk about it at some point <laughs> uh is the producers and editors are clearly trying to make something out of stuff that isn't there. Yeah. They're trying to get blood from a stone. So even in this fight, and I'm using air quotes, my fingers, with a Courtney and a door, you can tell that it's not a real fight. It's them fucking with each other. And yeah. they're laughing. But they're trying... Same thing with the you fucking bitch at the beginning. Like, the two... Th- sound clips you heard if you're not able to see the episode i'm telling you but if you are able to see the episode go back and watch and you can see this throughout this episode and the next episode it's false drama it's 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 created out of whole cloth and they're just making it seem like it's angrier than it is but you can tell that these these girls are laughing when they say this and i think yeah the problem that they ran into on this season is that the final five girls like each other yeah there, you know? there wasn't a villain. No. I mean, they they got close, I think, with Darian. But by the end, it just, especially because during an episode of Untucked, they all kind of called her on it. And and she she backed down right away. And she realized that the, the she lashes out sometimes as a way to protect herself. And I, I, you're absolutely right. Well, they got rid of the villain when they got rid of Laganja. Yeah. Not that Laganja was a villain per se, but she was the... She was the focus. She was the focus of any negativity that was in the workroom. She was the tempest in the teapot. And then with her gone, everything settled down. And now these people who genuinely probably like each other are all left. And there's no drama. And what happens is with so few girls, they run into this problem with Untucked a lot, is with so few girls, there's nothing to build the episodes around, especially if there's no story. Yeah. I remember you saying on one of the other seasons that as the the episodes get further in drag race gets more interesting while untucked gets more boring and i would almost say that this season is the exception to the rule i'm enjoying untucked a lot more than i am these last couple of episodes of and i get that there is that doctor drama and there is where we're going to add the japanese drums and you know all that kind of stuff to make it more dramatic but just it feels like some of the moments you can almost see the difference here and how they thought, well, maybe if we tweak Untucked for season seven, where it's that documentary style, because that was the first season they did that, that there were enough moments here that seemed like there were genuine moments that they 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 decided to go that way where I'm, – I'm not sure. I'm getting all j- jumbled in my words. But yeah, <laughs> whatever whatever you're saying, that's that's fine. The next day, RuPaul <laughs> walks into the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. All right, ladies, for today's mini challenge, I'm commissioning you to create a series of abstract paintings in honor of marriage equality. I'm calling this collection Everybody Say Love. Love. <laughs> You'll need to pad out these bodysuits. Then each of you needs to body paint a twerk of art. <laughs> shake your Picasso. Ooh, shake my Monet maker. <laughs> so, okay, this was a visual challenge, so we really can't play much. It wouldn't make any sense, but Bianca won. I have no idea why. Yeah, because hers didn't just look like finger paint. Hers, at least there was a couple of things yeah. on it. So same thing with Jocelyn's, though, I felt. 
Yeah. You could have picked anyone as the winner. It was a sort of bizarro... It was a way to play Geronimo and watch them twerk and paint. Yeah, that's... I guess what it really was, was it was a commercial for Geronimo. Which, by the way, for if we could just take an aside, mm-hmm. the video for Geronimo, I have watched dozens of times over the years. Why? The guy, the little twerker guy that's in that is so fucking cute. I've never seen it, but I that's the only reason I like um, that Tantric Hall has that Wizard of Oz one, the low. That's mm-hmm. on low. The one, the one that's the lion. lion. Oh, oh my God. My I have goodness. found him on Instagram. <gasps> oh, you he have? Beautiful. Yes. I will send you his link. I can't. Because it says it actually, if you watch it on YouTube, that they list who all of the people are. And I, mm-hmm. and I like Googled him. And then I found his, I, I found either his Facebook page or his, he's gorgeous. He is, he is fucking gorgeous. But the, the, the I think the kid's name and the Geronimo video is Julian Serrano. He's like, this is all he does is he twerks. That that's pretty much it. He's this little like Hispanic boy with a baseball cap and little like booty shorts, and he's like smacks his ass around. Oh, now I gotta watch Geronimo. Yeah, it's it's plus, it, it, and this has nothing to do with the twerker, but I love the color scheme in it because it's all red and blue and black, and there's something about it that I just I really like. But but it's 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 a good video. But yes, that that now makes sense because they do play Geronimo in it. And it's, it's the whole thing. It just feels like when you watched like Fear Factor and you watched how stupid the people were on Fear Factor and the that they with the things they would do. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. That they they were kind of it was beneath all of them to do something like this, the, especially this far into a season. Yeah, it was dumb. Felt, it, it was a horrible yeah. mini challenge. Yeah. Back in the workroom, RuPaul explained this week's main challenge. Now, ladies, we're going to be looking for a strong family resemblance. You'll use materials from Fabric Planet and your own drag as drag mothers of the bride. I want you to use your charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to make their wedding the most important day of their life. But to do that, first, you need to meet the grooms. Welcome, gentlemen. Now, for this week's main challenge, you won't be making over these women. No, no, that'd be too easy. Instead, you'll use the magic of drag to transform these gallant grooms into blushing brides. All right, before we, because this is the only, uh, so ignore Jocelyn and Brandon. Let's talk about the other, because it's the only place we're going to do it. Let's talk about the other contestants, like Adore okay. and, and their people. The, any thoughts on the challenge? We're going to, we have a whole section for Jocelyn and Brandon. Okay. Um, the only thing is it wasn't an attractive group of men. No. <laughs> who made even, even less attractive women. Strangely, Brandon was attractive, but he was a gross person. That's Jocelyn's, right? Yeah. The one thing that kept going through my head is that Adore's looks like the comedian Nick Kroll. Okay. Like when he does that publicity character on his show, which I know that show got canceled, but that does the whole, you know, I got bangs like that. At any time that I saw him as Adore's daughter, that was what went through my head. Like he is really not attractive. Mm-hmm. And the one that was Darian's looked like somebody, but I can't figure out who in drag. Looked mm-hmm. like some hard woman that we know 
not personally, but that we like a celebrity, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Nia Vardalos. <laughs> no, I don't think that, but that's more what Bianca Del Rio looks like. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, what were, did you have any particular thoughts on any of the brides? No, not really. I mean, th- this this episode, apart from Jocelyn and Brandon, which were the only interesting parts of this of this episode, um, you know, during uh, first of all, the actual wedding part. Oh my goodness, how fucking boring was that when yes. Paul married them, and then they they each did their fucking vows, which the the Brandon and his wife. It was so wooden. It was just, it was, whereas at least the other ones, there was at least a little bit of emotion. And I don't know if it's because he was scared. I don't know if it's because they were, ne- I don't know what. Brandon but and it his was wife? Brandon and his Well, wife. we'll get to that. I have thoughts on that. There's, there's tea okay. on that one. Okay. So it's, but the, but, the, but the rest of them were just kind of like, oh, for Christ's sakes, I don't, I don't care about these people. I guess the one where they did the RuPaul's Drag Race quotes was sort of interesting because they did the quotes. Is that Darian's? Was that Darian's? That might have been Darian's. The goth yeah. couple. Yeah, yeah, the goth couple. Yeah. But other than, I mean, it was fucking boring. And then, like, you could tell there was a moment where David Burke was just wiping his eye and they tried to make it seem like he was crying. Like, no, he wasn't. <laughs> he literally had something in his eye. Right. And it was just, I have, it was just, I think this actually goes down as one of the worst makeover challenges. But uh, it was not a good makeover challenge. I wonder if part of that is. Because there was no emotional attachment for us as viewers. I mean, one that comes to mind as far as the makeover is the Stonewall guys. You know, that was one yes. that where there there was a piece of that that talked about, you know, our history as members of the of the gay community. And that that there was a piece of that. And of course, now I can't remember any of the other ones. But even like last seasons with the crew where they made over members of the crew, there was a clear love for the show yeah. for that. And those people that work on there, that that was that was part of that. Whereas this was just kind of straight couples that love drag race that are getting married. It kind not, of felt I like, only felt like one couple actually loved drag race. Well, it kind of felt like the equivalent of the um the uh bachelorette party going to a gay bar. Yes. Like that was very much the we're gonna have fun and we're gonna hang out with, you know, all these drag queens and we're going to say fuck a lot and we're, you know, they're going to make you look fierce, mama. Yeah, go, go, go. That, that is kind of what this felt like. I just realized that just now. I just had an insightful thought. That's why I didn't like this episode. Okay, continue. Well, there really was only one storyline to follow this week. Jocelyn and her bride, Brandon. First, Brandon seems hesitant to be in the competition. You're going to look so pretty. Pretty. <laughs> We can give you some padding, too, so you can have some wider hips. So you'll have some body. Oh, man. I don't know if I want body. (laughs) Aren't you getting excited? I don't think Brandon has any idea what he signed himself up for. Later, during the table visit with RuPaul, Brandon repeated his reservations. Hi, Jocelyn. Hi, Rizzy Q. Hi, Brandon. Hello. I know you're a basketball player. Yes. Tell me this, what will your teammates say when they see you all up in drag? De- Devastate. I don't want to think about it. You don't want to think about it right now. So, you're going to keep it foxy? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> all right, get back to work. Thanks for the cue. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, now you might be thinking, like, why did Joe just include that part? I have shocking news for you. I'm going to play it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep it foxy? Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> All right, get back to work. According to Jocelyn Fox, and I know, you're, I know what your argument's going to be right now in a second, and I have an answer for that. RuPaul invented the wah, wah, and invented it right there. No, she's done it before. Editing. It was always in the confessionals or something like that, that uh, they just put it in other places. But that RuPaul, this is according to Jocelyn Fox. Okay, well, I mean. People, people have the same argument. Like, Wait a minute. They, there's always this whole like weird, like, um, what's the name of that thing, that, that phenomena where you think something happened, but the, like, the Berenstain Bears. Deja vu? No, 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 no. It's like, oh, I forget what it's called. It has a, the phenomena's name something. But like, for instance, did you know it's the Berenstain Bears? Do you know how it's, it's B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N? Yeah, but everybody says Bernstein Bears. Yeah, and people would swear they've seen books that says Bernstein Bears and stuff like that. And, uh-huh. um, and there's also this one, I think the Mandela Effect, thank you, the Mandela Effect, because it comes from people are convinced in the 80s there was this phenomena where, not just from, there was this new story that Nelson Mandela had died, and it wasn't true. I mean, he didn't. That, but he, you know, same thing with people are convinced that, uh, the actor Sinbad was in a movie where he played a genie, right? Okay. He wasn't. Okay. Okay. So, uh, to me, this might be, there might be a Mandela effect where they're convinced and they try and go back and find, uh, like, she's done it in confessionals. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, and I, think, I think she did the Keep It Foxy, and I think she may have even lifted the breast. But that RuPaul added the wonk wonk. This is a coin of Jocelyn Fox. Okay. So, uh, there you go. Man, we are really looking for content for yeah, this week's RuPaul's episode. Yeah, <laughs> Here we go. On Elimination Day, as Jocelyn applied Brandon's makeup, Brandon continued to spread his homophobia. <laughs> you, you put this stuff on all the time? Mm-hmm. Wow. Brandon is a professional athlete, and getting into drag, it's a huge leap for him. Am I going to be surprised when I look in the mirror? Mm-hmm. You're going to be so pretty. The second I put makeup on Brayden's face, he is not having it. I just don't... Man, I don't want my teammates to see me with hips on. What do you really think your teammates are going to say when they see you in drag? Oh, man, it, it'll be posted all over Facebook. You know, the locker room chat that we have, it's going to be a disaster, man. Like, it's, it's going to be some serious questioning. You just got to be secure with yourself, Brandon. No, I'm, I'm very secure with myself. I just, in my profession, it's not funny for a, a gay person to, you know, come in the locker room. I'd rather someone be straightforward and say, you know, I'm gay. You know, if they're in the locker room with me, I don't want them, like, checking me out either. If your intent is that a gay man in a locker room should be open as gay because everybody should be able to express their sexuality freely, then that works for me. But if it's, I want him to let me know I'm gay so that I know that he's not looking at me or I feel uncomfortable because of that, then I feel like the intent's a bit different. doesn't entirely make sense to me. I get your concerns, but I think what you're doing is going to change people's minds, especially your teammates. You think so? 
I know so. On the runway, Brandon has trouble keeping it together and has to excuse himself when he overhears me and Taylor talking about getting rowhead <laughs> earlier in the show. Oh, man. <sighs> hey, I'm about to throw up. Yeah, like right now. We got a runaway bride. Okay. God, you should keep this in. Jocelyn, will you check on your drag daughter? Oh, man, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm sorry. Why is she sorry? Um, Grosser when you're not watching it. No. And who knew that Jocelyn Fox was a registered nurse? Oh, yeah. Jocelyn, go, go away. Go help. What, what is Jocelyn going to do? What's she going to do? What is she going to do? It, 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 that's, oh, God. God, I hate this episode. I hate this episode so much. Okay, your thoughts on Jocelyn and Brandon. I have uh, a fair bit of tea, but go ahead. All right. I, I don't understand if you are so concerned Mm-hmm. Whether you are confident in your sexuality or not, yes. as he said he was, if you are so concerned with the perception of others, mm-hmm. why would you go yeah. on a show like RuPaul's Drag Race yeah. and get dressed up in drag for your wedding? That's very interesting, Taylor, because I actually have the answer to that very question. Okay, I am all ears. As Jocelyn explained at RuPaul's DragCon this year, and there's actually a video of it, I should have pulled the audio uh, earlier, um, he was tricked, forced into it. He didn't realize that they were going on RuPaul's Drag Race, and his wife, they were ready. So everyone should know that everybody except, um, I think it's maybe... Bianca's couple or one of the couples only one couple what the one with the little small one that the woman could play Peter Pan they were the only ones that were really not married all of them had been are already married and they were renewing their vows okay oh yeah 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 yeah. oh that makes this all even worse yeah 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 only one couple was actually getting married on the show the rest were simply renewing their vows one two Brandon and his wife he it's true he plays basketball for a european league and the wife had found out that brandon was cheating on her while oh. on tour so her revenge was oh. this rupaul's drag race episode he did not realize until he showed up what she had done and she did it as revenge on him for cheating on her Okay. Which, yes, this has sparked a lot of controversy. Go that's, ahead. That's kind of gross. Yes. On a couple more levels. So I'm assuming that they were not married for much longer after this episode. I don't know if they're still married. Okay. So, ew. Ew. Okay. Okay. That's, I that's used to just... write with someone who, and this was a big problem that I had, she could not understand. I mean, literally, it was fights. This would lead to fights. And she couldn't understand what I was talking about. When I would get mad is that every single time we had to punish a character, a male character, mm-hmm. she wanted to make him gay. <laughs> or do something gay. Or we find out he's gay. Or something about the guy's gay. And I was like, 
you realize that what you're saying is offensive because you're saying pun- the ultimate punishment for doing bad things is being gay. And she just couldn't grasp what I was trying to get come yeah, across. Yeah, that's, that's... And I think this is in that same yeah. wheelhouse, which is using gay as like, look, I'm going to... I'm going to embarrass you. You have to hang out with I, these freaks. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly what that feels like. That's exactly what that feels like. Yeah. Which is funny, though, because in Untucked, when they're going through the elimination and the lip sync and everything... Brandon and his wife seem very supportive of Jocelyn. Seem very much where they're rooting for Jocelyn. Well, they could have. They could have grown an attachment to her. And she looks, the, the wife looks pissed. Because I think at some point she thought, she, oh, well, maybe we could win. Even though she did look, even though he did look like the female Grenlin, yeah. like Bianca says. And it, it, I thought that was a very odd moment with these two couples, Bianca's couple and Jocelyn's couple, like kind of bickering that it didn't seem it didn't seem manufactured it seemed like a genuine like they were starting to get competitive as they were all sitting watching the final deliberation and everything so but that's that's just that's just gross that's a sin too because i thought she was really cute now let's get to brandon's makeup i think we've discussed this on the show but i will say it again Mm-hmm. Another thing Jocelyn and every girls have talked about is that when Trinity left the show, the producers came in and took out all of the makeup that you would use for African-American skin after Trinity left. So the mm-hmm. only makeup that Trinity had, I'm sorry, that Trinity, the only makeup Jocelyn had at her disposal was the makeup she uses on herself. She was using a white person's makeup. She did not have access to African-American makeup. And so it was kind of unfair. They, Again, I kind of feel they were forcing that to happen. It was time for Jocelyn to go, so they're going to sabotage her. Right. But, I mean, is that something where, I mean, so Bianca won the challenge, mm-hmm. the mini challenge. Yeah. So is that something where the producer said? I don't know. I, that might have been a whoever got that. Well, okay, but you're also looking at a taste factor there in that I feel like, or at least a knowledge factor of once you start putting makeup that is made for white skin on black skin, most people are going to realize, oh, I've got a problem. I need to figure out a different way to shade or whatever it is. So to do this, I mean, is that something where if somebody else had gotten her, like... You know, like Courtney. If Courtney had gotten Brandon, do you think that the result would have been different? What would the solution be? Well, I mean, even just kind of noticing, look, I need, because are they expected to use, are they only allowed to use their makeup? Is that something where they could say, hey, I'm sure, I need. I'm sure Trinity was like, I, if Trinity talked about this, I'm sure Trinity was like, hey, I need, I'm sorry, Jocelyn was like, I need Trinity's makeup. And they were like, can't help. I, there, there must be some. I'm sure Jocelyn's talked about this. The other people have talked about this, so I'm sure they were aware of what was going on, and the producers didn't step in to help. Uh, it's I. I think this is gross too, because essentially, what you're you're making Brandon look foolish for the sake of your television show. So, okay, a, a, a dumb question. Yeah. How? Okay, because okay, now now we're getting into conspiracy theories here. So how did Brandon's wife know that there was going to be a, dr- a competition where they were going to put 
men, grooms in drag to renew their vows and think enough to say, I am going to get Brandon on this show. Is this a situation in which Brandon's wife knows, happens to know somebody that does RuPaul's Drag Race and, and knew of this ahead of time? So she said, we're going to sign. I'm going to sign up for this because this is a way to get back at him. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, you, I mean, you could go down that rabbit hole of this, you know, you know, and and then knowing Trinity wasn't going to be on, so they're not going to have makeup for African American skin. So is that something where you could? I, I mean, that, that's this whole thing is just gross. It's just gross. But that early, remember, I was saying I made a joke, and I wasn't. I was only twenty five percent joking when I said. I was only eighteen uh, percent joking when I said <laughs> when RuPaul girl go, tells Laganja, "I ain't gonna steal you wrong for no television show, girl." And I was like, mm. "Well, for the ratings, yeah, you do all the time." And this is an example where they fucked over Jocelyn or whoever was going to have Brandon. I actually think it makes more sense that they told Bianca pick these people because you've heard other stories in the past of the producers telling the queens who to assign. Like that yeah. was the big story in season eight where Robbie Turner said, "Remember when Robbie Turner, uh, the pink where Morgan McMichael shot ping pong balls." Out of her yeah. vagina. And then Robbie Turner caught it and he was able to pick the challenge for each queen. Mm-hmm. Um, according to him, the producers told him who to assign. So uh, so they decided that they were done with, much like they were done with Trinity last week. They're, they were done with Jocelyn this week. So they figured let's, let's, let's completely fuck her over. That's what I think. And so I think, look. Either way, let's say, for instance, it wasn't. Maybe Bianca really could assign it the way she wanted. Whoever got Brandon was going to be fucked over. Yeah. So they led them astray for some fucking TV show. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> no, now, Valentina, wear that mask on the runway. <laughs> well, here's the thing. is They know what outfit they're going to wear. Does that, does that make sense? They do a no, lot. I know they... I know yeah. they get the list of all of the, you know, make sure you have something that's this, something oh, that's oh, this, that's something right. that's but this. They, they didn't know she was going to not take it off, though, for the lip sync. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, now it's time for the looks. All right. So let's let's just start with Lady Gremlin herself <laughs> and her mother, uh, Jocelyn Fox and Brandon. Um, Jocelyn is – I don't know what uh, – Jocelyn is wearing like kind of a champagne colored spangly dress with some sort of like bodysuit underneath it or something. And it's, it's, uh, it's horrible. It's, it's a boot. Oh my God. See, this is the thing where they, they, they literally, they, this is homophobic what they're doing here. That lighting, and they did that several times in the episode was on Brandon and Jocelyn. Mm hmm. There was certain lighting where it wasn't that severe. Okay? Mm-hmm. It is so fucking severe here. And she looks at the lady, the girl gremlin. Bianca nailed it. That's literally yeah. what she looks awful. And then he's standing like, I don't give a shit. He's trying to stand as straight as possible. Like, I don't want to be here. But yeah. I actually think Jocelyn looks great. I think she did the challenge. She looks like Mother of the Bride. I give Jocelyn a, bo- a toot. I give... Um, uh, Brandon, a, a gremlin, a boot. All right. So next up, we have Adore Delano and Nick Kroll. Okay. And 
I don't get either one of these dresses. She looks I am like Rosanna Rosanna Dana. Huh? She looks like Rosanna Rosanna Dana. Very Roseanne Rosanna Dana. Absolutely. Um, the dress, the wedding dress itself is horrible. Horrible. It, it looks like something that, that looks like it was put together with a glue gun. I am never a fan of nude as a, as a color for a dress. Uh, and I think that it the the cut of the dress that Adore has on and the weird like harness thing that she has over her chest is just doesn't go. The rips in the stockings and the shoes, it, the, the hair, it, the whole thing just it looks. It's a mess. It's sloppy. It's very sloppy, and it's very oh fuck! I have to come up with something to wear. So so boot for both. Definite boot on the bride. Definite boot on Rosanna Rosanna Dana. Right. Okay. A door is a boot, but you know, going with a new dress, I bet you that would look good on a really, really, really dark-skinned African-American woman. Like, imagine like Grace Jones. I feel that color might work on a Grace Jones. Really? I'm just not a. I'm just not a fan of that color dresses. I. I it's Are, just not my. Is thing. that all her stockings have those holes? I don't know if they all do or not. She might have one pair of stockings that she's just wearing every week, but it's just I don't get why if you're trying. To go for Mother of the Bride, even trashy Mother of the Bride. No trashy Mother of the Bride is going to wear stockings with holes in them. She I'm looks sorry. like a chola who loves big dicks. <laughs> uh, boot, well, her, uh, grandmother, boot. her grandmother's a total whore. Yeah. Too uh, soon? <laughs> it's so, my first time, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next we have Darian Lake. Darian is in... Um, serving Lane Bryant realness again in her spangly top and black skirt. Uh-huh. Sure. And uh, the her bride is in all black goth, sort of patent leather, with it looks like some sort of like green cape or something behind her. I'm not exactly sure what that is. But the dress itself, the, the bride's dress, I liked the bride's dress. Um, it's the, the hair and makeup on the bride is not, it's kind of severe. Um, but, and I liked, I liked Darian's look, but Darian's look, everything looks off the rack. It's all very off the rack for big girls, yeah. but I liked, I liked her dark hair with a little bit of purple streaks and it was cute. So I would give Darian a toot. I'll give them both toots for this. Yeah, I'll give them both toots. I feel like Darian got a hard time, which obviously comes up next episode, a harder time than she deserved. But yeah, I think the bride looks fine and Darian looks like a good mother of the bride. I, I thought it was good. Yeah. Toot for both. So next up, we have Ben De La Creme, who is in a like a pinky peach two piece dress with a big white belt and a big white headband, and and her bride is in an outfit that is very very pretty and something that I could see a bride actually wearing, where it's it's white and sort of form fitting with the white gloves, and she has these uh, rose florets kind of all across the over the one shoulder and down around the side. It's it's a very well done dress. It's very very executed very well. And the makeup is kind of rough, but like we said before, none of these brides are really pretty. So I would give both Ben and her bride a toot. Well, okay. Let's start with Ben de la Creme. Ben looks really good. I, I think it's a very classic Ben de la Creme look. I think I, yes. giving Ben de la Creme mother of the bride, I think the character already is that person. That makes sense. Yeah. It's almost kind of in her wheelhouse already. Ben de la Creme is very, like, I think what she is kind of exuding is Joanne Worley. Yes. 
That's kind of the. I the, think the, she's the prettier kind of than Joan Worley to say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But that late sixties, early seventies, her style is very much of that kind of the kooky next door neighbor that's just a little crazy and oh. and slightly older. Oh, oh my stars! But but still, you know, still has some sex appeal to her. So I would say, I, I like I said, to, toots for both of them. What do you think? Well, just to go fur- further with the uh, alienating any young people from our show, I feel the bride. <laughs> I feel the bride looks like B. Benaderet. Uh, in a like this is like even Taylor. I think I lost Taylor in this one. I you lost me. B. Benaderet was the original choice for Ethel Mertz on I Love Lucy, but she couldn't oh. get the gig because she was on some other show. So then they put her on that show, Petticoat Junction. Okay. So please Google right now. I'll take out the science. Please Google B. Benadere. B-E-A and then B-E-N-A. Let me. Oh, my God. Yes. She does look. <laughs> she does look like her. Uh, yeah. Poor B. So Benadere. she was supposed to be like an old lady on I Love Lucy? Well, you know, Ethel Merch are like the same age as Lucy, too. They, and that right, was a big they war. Done up, they have her yeah. done up almost like a Victorian old lady with, you know, the, the, the Colonel Sanders, like, bow tie collar and these pictures. Well, I think, well, that one, on that one, they, that took place in that era, on that show. No, I Love, I Love Lucy originally took place in, like, the 1910s. No, but B. Benadaret was on Petticoat Junction. Right, but I'm looking at a picture of her standing next to Lucille Ball on I Love Lucy, and she's kind of dressed oh, like she's from the 1910s. Oh, I think she played um, – let's look at her IMDb. She looks like the stereotypical little old lady from all yeah. of the TV shows I, and stuff you know what? Era. You know what? Because she played that. I'm trying to think of who she played. Yes, now that's coming back to me, and the, and the I Love Lucy fans are going to be so mad – that I don't have it at the tip of my fingertips here. What? Who she the put? I love Lucy fans because that all of, that is that is the Venn diagram. Girl, of RuPaul's Drag Race. We I have love gay Lucy men. Venn. We have fucking gay, <laughs> we have old men. gay men. Yeah, we have old gay men. We have old purse-lipped gay men with a wall on in their studio or in their office that is nothing but Broadway posters. Well, it says she plays Miss Lewis. Like, I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember this episode. It's Again, the- we are scraping for content yeah. for this episode. <laughs> it comes from the episode Lucy plays Cupid, right? Okay, where Lucy Ricky tells Lucy not to get involved in anybody's business, and there are these two old people like in the building or something, and Lucy plays matchmaker with. Well, it's this whole really complicated thing where basically uh, they're trying to get these two old people together, but it lands up um, fire. Uh, um, backfiring on them, and the old lady falls in love with Ricky, and the old man falls in love with Lucy. So it's the Swingers episode of I Love Lucy? I think it's that episode. It's basically, B. Benadere plays an, uh, an artificially made old lady, but she's an old lady okay. on the show. Yeah, yeah. She's All right. Really Either way, I give both of them toots. And what, it's, what do you think? Yeah, both of them toots. B. Benadere and Joanne Worley. Mm, both okay. get a toot. Who's next? Next up is Bianca Del Rio, and she is with her bride, uh, Bianca is in a yellow floor-length dress with a large fascinator that looks like a looks like a flower, and the bride's dress is very pretty. It also has a little bit of yellow in it, which I I which a, a yellow hem, and there's yellow at the bottom of the veil, and it's a beautiful dress. And I love the fact that they kind of married the two, pun intended, 
incorporating yellow into the dress in a way that made sense for Bianca's character. And I love Bianca's hair in it. And I, I this this is this was my favorite look of the six looks. Two. Uh, yeah, Bianca looks great. She looks like a fantastic mother of the bride. One of the things you can't tell with the veil, but you can tell in the episode, the one thing Bianca did that the other queens did not accomplish is she looks like she could be related to Bianca Del Rio. Yes. Yes. They mentioned that on the show. Yeah, they mentioned it on the show. But related. Yeah. But th- none of the other queens did that. And I thought that was really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Big okay. toots on both of those. All right. So finally, we have... Uh, we have uh, Courtney Act and her bride. Courtney is wearing a again a nude color dress that has butterflies like appliques attached to it, kind of going all over the place. And her bride has on a shower curtain with a blue sash and then some sort of blue underlay to it, and also has butterflies, but they look kind of like terry cloth butterflies as compared to the realistic butterflies that that Courtney has. Um, they called Courtney on this as far as saying that she outdid her bride as far as her look looks better than the bride's look. Well, she looks and, like she's the bride. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's, I like the dress for Courtney. It doesn't fit the challenge. No. It doesn't fit if you're supposed to be mother of the bride. A mother of the bride that didn't want to outshow her daughter would never wear a dress like this to a wedding. So I, I give both of them for that in that regards, I give both of them a boot. Yeah, they both get a boot. No no good. No es bueno. Yeah. All, All right. right. That's the looks. That's the looks. All right. Back on the runway, there is a super long and boring fake wedding and fake vows. People fake cry, and then the contestants are sent away, and the judges deliberate. When RuPaul calls the girls back on stage, she names Adore and Jocelyn as the bottom two contestants and forces them into a lip sync battle for their lives. The song, Think, by Aretha Franklin, and this is the only version they have on Spotify, so yeah. you better think before you play this song, so this is the best we could do some sort of like, <laughs> Aretha Franklin was uh, somewhere performing live. Anyway, Taylor. This was, this was an okay lip sync. This was not. I, 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 I thought it was horrible, actually, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I thought Jocelyn in particular was not good. I think between the two of them, she should have gone home. But Adore's was. It was the lesser of two evils. If they would have sent Adore home, I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, for some reason, Adore survived to see another day while Jocelyn was asked to sashay away. Taylor, what did you think? <laughs> about this episode well clearly i loved it mm-hmm. clearly it was my it's, i've been waiting for this all season. yeah we've all been waiting for the um the wedding challenge the wedding drag yeah, drag no, your wedding not, yeah not 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 my favorite so uh, yeah i don't have any other final thoughts on this episode i kind of just want to finish up speaking of freedom Freedom. Okay, well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Join us next week and every week as we dissect, discuss, and deconstruct each episode during this very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. (laughs) 
Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Help the show out. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really works. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMCTaylor and on Twitter at PIMCTaylor. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at cupodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at Joe Batance or on Twitter at Joe Batance. If, for some reason, you would like to know what I'm eating, you can also follow my food Instagram at HungryChola. 